8.47, we uh, move on to science and technology. As promised, we have a first test flight for Elon Musk's Falcon Heavy rocket to reflect on. We've got former Facebook and Google employees warning against heavy social media use. We should take them seriously, perhaps. But first, PyeongChang Olympics and a great exhibition for science and technology, arguably. Mark, good morning to you. Good morning, Alex. I've got to say, I mean, I was here in the studio Friday evening, and mm-hmm. I, 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 I was talking as I as it unfolded. At first, I think I said something like, "Wait a minute, what are they? Balloons? Are all these <laughs> lights coming up in the sky? Like, what, what is this?" I had a similar thought, and then mm-hmm. and then suddenly they just move into formation and become a snowboarder, and then you realise, of course, well, I actually just realised before that when they did a close up that there were drones, mm-hmm. like must have been thousands. Or just exactly a thousand, is it? Just uh, just over a thousand, uh, one thousand two hundred eighteen to be exact, and that sets a world record, a Guinness World Record for the largest number of drones, uh, drones that are being operated by a single user. Uh, of course, as you say, they were they were carrying LEDs, and they were these essentially flying animations. So each of the drones was programmed to hover or fly like a pixel or a, a point in an animated image. Well, that's what I was thinking. I, they, it can't possibly be the case that you've got um, one thousand two hundred eighteen people all there with right, their with remote controls. Remote and- controls. I mean, even though that, I mean, that would be wonderful to see if they were able to pull it off. But right, that would be absolutely incredible. But still. Still, yeah, it's uh, quite a feat. Um, This fleet of drones is actually maintained by Intel, and uh, they've gone around the world producing these types of shows. Probably before the Olympics, their biggest stage was at last year's Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, They accompanied Lady Gaga there, but um, they're not exactly off-the-shelf drones. They're modified a little bit to be uh, sturdier, and then obviously they have these custom LED uh, setups where each one is capable of displaying 4 billion different colors. I didn't know there were that many in the rainbow, Mark. Yeah, it's uh, yeah quite uh, quite the capable rig. Good luck naming all of them. Yeah, and then they they do they also as you say they have professional animators that are actually creating these animations to begin with you know in virtual space and then they translate them into flight paths for for each of the drones. So yeah, pretty impressive. I actually find it more impressive, I think, than fireworks. Say, and, I, and maybe that sounds mm-hmm. obvious. I don't know, but it's more cost effective, isn't it? You don't have to. Uh watch your creations just explode and fizzle out you can reuse That's these true. drones bring them back and recharge them yep but it also does sound like an expensive process getting all those animators together. One thing we know about animation it takes a long time. That's that's right. <laughs> Labor intensive. Um but actually those of us watching on TV were watching uh, a pre-recorded version of the show what what was that all about? That's right. It wasn't actually live, at least what we saw on TV. And the truth is that that's kind of par for the course for these kinds of displays because uh, it is impressive, but it is tricky to get right, and especially on a live worldwide broadcast. So it's standard practice to pre-record them so that in case there are problems, the broadcast producers can fill it in with the tape. And that's what happened here. They were supposed to go live, uh, but the organizers said that they were grounded, not because actually of technical difficulties, but because of safety guidelines. Apparently, there were too many spectators standing in the area where it was supposed to happen. So uh, that was apparently unrelated to the cyber attack, which struck the ceremonies, because, of course, that took out the Wi-Fi in the stadium and it grounded some of the camera drones that were going to be used for the broadcast. But apparently, it did not affect the Intel drones. Do we have any idea who might have been behind that cyber attack? 
Uh, well, no one wants to say officially, but uh, experts say that it has some of the hallmarks of a Russian cyber attack. Right. Because North Korea, which is so often suspected to be behind cyber attacks here, wouldn't make any sense for North Korea to be... Right, since they're participating. ...trying to mm -hmm. um, cause problems there. Oh, well. Uh, honestly, I no suspicion that it wasn't live. And unless, I guess, you were standing in the place where it was supposed to be taking place. And even then, you probably think it was another part of the mountain if you happen to be watching. <laughs> um, let's Maybe. move on um, to a record-breaking flight of another kind. Last Tuesday, SpaceX carrying out the first successful launch of a new rocket, which is the world's most powerful. It's called the Falcon Heavy. That's right. So, so far, the rockets at SpaceX, uh, which are called the Falcon, have only been powerful enough to launch satellites into low Earth orbit, and they've uh, done a pretty fantastic job of that. Uh, but the Falcon Heavy is essentially three of those Falcon boosters strapped together, and it's powerful enough to send about 18 tons of payload to Mars. That makes it the most capable rocket since the Saturn V, which is, of course, the one that sent the Apollo astronauts to the moon. So, for the commercial space industry this is a huge step forward so it's a big step for um tesla and a giant step for mars tourism <laughs> can i say <laughs> Some, something, something like, that? like that yeah tesla is very appropriate since of course the payload that was chosen by spacex founder elon musk was a cherry red tesla roadster uh with a mannequin in the driver's seat and that led to some pretty amazing imagery of this red sports car flying through space i'm not sure if you got to see any of those images online well quite an advert but i, I didn't really to be honest I, I saw a lot of commentary about it mm, yeah it definitely uh blew up the internet it was a, a a huge stunt obviously a testament to elon musk's reputation as a as a showman but people were saying they almost look faked yeah because i mean I, you know before the launch they said they were going to launch the tesla i don't think we realized that the tesla was actually going to be on the outside of the rocket so that you would get these pictures of the earth filling the windshield of of this car uh with the mannequin right in front of it uh pretty you know just bizarre images almost and um you know a lot of people in the run-up, I think we're, we're kind of calling this kind of an undignified stunt because if you go back decades, the uh, test flights for rockets would launch with scientific payloads or, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, monument to human creativity or ingenuity. And in this case, setting up a sports car just seemed a little bit crass. Well, it's but a great think, marketing exercise, if nothing else. And Exactly. And once it happened, I think, you know, people saw the images and they realized it's almost kind of whimsical. You know, Elon Musk said he liked to imagine that maybe the car will be found by aliens someday as a relic of our species. And they'll be really confused, wondering, you know, what were, what were they doing with this car? Did they worship it? Why did they send it into space? <laughs> a bathtub, perhaps? <laughs> no, surely not. I'm sure they'll be able to work it out. But uh, as far as the question of what next is concerned, a little bit nearer in the future than uh, distant future aliens, what will the mm. market be like? This is the privatization of the space industry. That's right. And it's actually kind of a tricky thing. Uh, originally, they were going to send humans into space using this rocket. At one point, SpaceX was planning to send some tourists around the moon as early as this year. Uh, but last week, SpaceX said that that's on hold. And in fact, they think the Falcon Heavy may never carry humans. And that's because they're already moving on to development of a bigger rocket, which for now they're calling the BFR, which officially stands for Big Falcon Rocket. Uh, 
And that actually will be as powerful as the Saturn V. And they're hoping that that vehicle will then be the backbone of their plans to colonize Mars. I think they can be a bit more imaginative with the name. Because <laughs> uh, uh, if you said to me, hey, there's the Falcon Heavy and there's the big Falcon Rocket, I'd be like, well, by the name, which is the heavier one or the bigger one? Good point. I think they're, it's, it's a working name. I think they'll come up with an official one. We, we don't have much time, but let's just also talk about why we should be careful on our social media use. Well, some new, uh, a new group has been founded called the Center for Human Technology that believes that technology is hijacking our minds and society, and it includes former Facebook and Google employees. Uh, one of them, Tristan Harris, who's a former ethicist at Google, told the New York Times that we were on the inside, we know what the companies measure, we know how they talk, and we know how the engineering works. And so now this group is leading a tens of millions of dollars worth uh, of, a, of an ad campaign to fight tech addiction in kids at public schools in the U.S. And they're also planning to lobby for legislation. I was there last night with my two-year-old girl. She was screaming for the iPad. That's what she was saying over and over again. And uh, it's funny how these kinds of words and all the tech um, you know, brands like Facebook and Google that we talk about, they've just entered the, the sort of normal vocabulary. They're mm-hmm. no longer brands. They're just... Right objects and become everyday household objects even for two-year-olds and i'm telling you i know the battle the battle is real to keep them under control thank you very much mark zastro with our sport